When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Happy Redemption Thursday, one and all. Hope you're well. Thanks for joining us. Great to be with you. Another day closer, baby. Another day closer. Let's go. Florida State, huge favorites over Georgia Tech on Saturday. I forgot to put that in my redemption picks. It's just a big number, Tommy. I'm not fit, I, in my real life, in my personal life. I am not touching that game. Not gonna touch Florida State, Georgia Tech. Um, but I will, uh, for the purposes of this. You know, I had to. I didn't realize it. We always on uh, War Chant. The whole staff has to make a prediction, and I failed to get my pick into Aslan until today. It was supposed to be in yesterday. I kept forgetting to do it all day long, and I saw the notification. I'm like, oh, yeah, i got to get through that. I was either driving or I was doing whatever, and I didn't do it. Did it actually make the report? I, I don't, wonder. I, well, I— Because the report went out this morning. So well, then, no, it didn't make it. It uh, didn't make it. We can make a short out of it. We can put it on YouTube shorts. <laughs> well, it's 10 seconds of me going, I like Florida State 38, Georgia Tech 13. 38-13, Florida State. You like that pick? You feel good about that pick? That's an ass-beating is what that is. I actually had a wider margin. Did um, you really? Yeah, rarely. Usually, um, I'm the more narrow guy between the scores. I had 42 to 10. Beat down. We both have this being a lopsided affair. It's because of Tech's offense, though. Yeah. And the malaise that will set in for a defense that's not bad. That defense isn't uh, awful. No, it's not. I think they're a little bit on quit watch, too. That I, I'm looking at this being lopsided because I think we have two entirely different motivations, these two programs right now. Uh, Georgia Tech kind of, by losing that Virginia game, lost whatever resilience and luster they had for the interim, I think. Uh, because I, I just, what are you playing for? The program, Georgia Tech's program. Now you you can play for pride, and you you know if they're a close knit group, maybe they won't quit. I don't know. I'm not in their locker room. I can't say I know this. But what I would say is, uh, it hadn't gone well for most of the guys that are out on that field at any point in their Georgia Tech career. It has not gone well, and now they're in the midst of change, and frequently whether it's the Atlanta Journal-Constitution or you name it, there's an article about how broke their ass is. Nothing going. Nothing. Things aren't looking up, Tom, with the soundbite. Florida State is locked in, focused, and understands, Mike Norvell understands, just how important these five games are. I was having a conversation with somebody today. I can't uh, reveal the, the, the source, but uh, we, we got on the subject of these five games, and this person's very close to the program, and they said, oh, he, he is well aware of the vital importance of these five games. Now, I don't think he would talk about it in the terms that we have this week, 
but he understands there's a lot at stake in these five games. For every part of the machine, that is Florida correct. State football. That, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That is correct. It is um, absolutely important. It is. It matters not just to, like, okay, whether or not he's going to be the, the guy here long-term that has the success that he wants to have in his career. And, you know, I think Florida State, first of all, is a destination job. It's a great job. Everybody would like this job. Most people would like this job. So when you get it and you make a lot of money um, – Oh, I forgot. I have these stupid sunglasses on my hat. <laughs> They're not tack glasses, guys. <laughs> They're regular sunglasses. Um, when you get this job and you get paid a lot of money, it's like a dream come true for most coaches. It's it's this idea of oh man, I can win a national championship at Florida State. There's some there's some jobs you can't win a national championship at. You can't you can't win one. But this isn't one of them. This is one you can. If the machine is operating at peak efficiency, you damn right you can win a national championship here. So you want this job. You want to keep this job. And in order to do that, you got to win. And he knows that, too. He's a realist. I appreciate that about him. But also, one of the ways you keep that job and sustain it over a long period of time and win a lot of games and make a lot of money is you have a a signature season early in your career here that gets the ball rolling to that end. Recruits, once again, have you on their radar, and they're reminded of Florida State's cachet, which is significant. But sometimes you got to jog their memories, and you got to do it by winning football games. Then all of a sudden, all that other stuff becomes cool again. You know, the uniforms, which are amongst the best in all of college football, resonate a little bit more with you. They jump off the screen. What, what's wrong with you? What's that gripey face over there? Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? The uniforms. You know, they could be. They could be. They are still awesome. What is your problem with our uniforms right now? The color. You think they're too purple A 100%. Yeah. They're yeah. not as garnet as you'd like them? That's they're correct. still beautiful. They're regal even. We've seen numerous times when they're with the white, they look beautiful. I just notice there are things around campus or, you know, coaches' garbs that are much more garnet than the uniforms themselves. So I think the university gets it, too. Is my shirt correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's much more garnet than what we wear on a Saturday. It's a beautiful sweatshirt this is. They've gotten better. They were straight purple in 2014. Mm -hmm. Now they're kind of a hybrid 2013 and 2014 color. Hodgepodge. All those things stand out. The uniforms, the spear, the success, the national championships, the All-Americans, the awards, the winning percentage, the stadium, the burgeoning facility, all these things that stand out when you win and and you're able to capitalize on said cachet. But you got to win. And you reach a point where it just becomes that. It just becomes that. He's done all the heavy lifting. He's done. We've talked about this. You and I have talked about this a ton. Uh, he's done all the heavy lifting. It's hard to flip a culture. It's hard to get kids to buy in, believe through adversity. Not early on. Early, everybody will buy in because they want to win, and they've been losing. That's why you're there. You got brought in because the previous guy was losing, and in this case, the previous guy was losing, and the previous guy before that at the end of his time was losing, and the culture had gone sour, and so you had heaped, heaped upon one another 
uh, a lot of failures. So those kids were starving, and they bought in. But where he gets the credit is that they bought in even amongst the loose losses. They, they, they didn't win right away, and he told them it was going to be hard, and it wasn't going to be easy to flip this thing around. It was going to be an arduous process. If you do it right and you remain steadfast in the wake of failure— uh, and you, you remain tried and true to your, your core values and what you believe and how you're building the program, uh, that we'll get there. you just got to trust me on this, right? He had to sell them on that in the face of adversity. And they have, without question, stuck by all those tenants. We see it. Nobody's ever questioning whether or not Florida State's playing hard. Nobody ever questions that. We did for years. We had Jimbo games at the end where guys just didn't even try. See, Boston College didn't even show up. Didn't even try. You had Willie's brief tenure here where he couldn't get the culture right, and there were some behind-the-scenes things that went south, and so therefore that never caught on. They weren't bought in. They didn't care. They thought he was a fraud. He is. And then you have Mike, and, and, and Mike got him to believe, got him to buy in, now the winning has to happen. Right. This is the payoff for all of that. Uh, that's the analogy of you know playing well between the twenties in a football game, which we do, and playing poorly in situations, which mm-hmm. we've done this year. Yeah, but it's the larger application of that analogy of here's your situation. You're in the red zone, baby. It looks like you're going to score a touchdown. First and ten from the twelve. You don't even have to score at the ten yard. It's first and ten from the twelve. You could pick up a first down here if you need to. Mm-hmm. Give yourself more time to score the touchdown. Finish the drive. Finish the drive, and we ain't kicking here. That's what these five games are about. And to your point, there are a lot of teams in the past five, six seasons, maybe a game or two a year, where you go, "Oh no, they're not even. They're here. not. They're, they're not, not even here. It's it's this. No, they're blaming each other, spending a lot of time half stepping and blaming. And that's the Georgia Tech way against Ole Miss. If you go watch the Ole Miss game, which I did. Trying to come up with something for this week, and there's it's, <laughs> it's tough. Man. It's tough because it's Georgia hard. Tech's defense is actually not terrible. It's not terrible. If you look at their last three, four games, they've given up a bunch of non-traditional touchdowns, fumble returns, right, punt returns, right, right, yeah, all kinds of weirdness. I think they're broken, Tommy. I think in that brokenness reveals itself on Saturday in the form of an ass beating. It's the linebacking group that you look at. Number one specifically against Ole Miss, my man could have made three or four plays, and he's not even jogging. I don't know what I call it. It's not a walk, but it's not a jog either. And they're broken by their old coaching staff. They were fired. You saw a spike. Mm -hmm. But now if they don't have Sims, and they're going to be rotating as many as potentially two or three quarterbacks in this game, which is what their head coach said a couple days ago, and they come away with bupkis in the first quarter, and you're up. 14 to nothing. It could get ugly. It could get ugly. It could get ugly. And and that's what I'm banking on, quite frankly. If it's within touch, though, at halftime, you got a problem. Yeah, get nervous because this is, you've done the math. That is correct. All of that is correct. It can't be close. You can't let it be close. You can't give them a reason. They need a reason. They're not showing up with one. They need a reason to truly believe. And when you screw around and let inferior teams hang around, that's all the reason they need. And they do what? What have I said on this show about teams who pull upsets or you allow them to? They tree. They play above their heads. They find hope where there was none when you screw around. So I think Florida State's going to come out very, very, very intense and focused and locked in. I, I, I There's no reason whatsoever uh, that they wouldn't. 
This is the healthiest they're going to be. And to that, all those points, if you look at Georgia Tech's scoring margin by quarter, they don't lead after any quarter this year because they're not a very good football team. But after the first quarter, their margin is minus 8. The second quarter, minus 10. Mm-hmm. All right, ready? Third quarter, minus 17. Mm-hmm. Fourth quarter, minus 39. Yeah. That, to me, screams of a team That's that in the second tired. half. Just tired. The defense says, I don't have anything left. Emotionally, physically yeah. beaten. And you got to deliver that. Others have shown you the way in this game. And really, Mike would tell you it's about us, not them. And he's right about that this week. If Florida State plays their best brand of football, I don't care if Georgia Tech does play up to their capability. They can't win the game. Florida State's better. You have to help them. You have to help them. Put the ball on the ground, pick six, terrible in special teams, lose situations, fail in the red zone. You have to help them. The thing about that defense, too, as decent as it is, and it's middling, but if if you can run misdirection stuff, you have a greater chance of success, which this is what's going to be interesting about this game plan to me. If I'm in you know, a fly on the wall in the offensive meeting room, you just dictated terms of how you wanted to run the ball against Clemson. You could do that here, but their mistakes that they make on defense at Georgia Tech are off of misdirection, motion, and things of that nature. The kind of stuff we ran for the first four games of the season. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to be? Because I know what has been successful to this point of the year against Georgia Tech, but I also know that maybe we're trying to forge a brand new identity of toughness on the ground where we're just going to go to a primary place and we're going to beat you there. If you want to go to a secondary place, they don't try all that hard to go make up for, oh, he cut back. They, they'll just let you go. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do here and if it works early. Because if it doesn't, then you got problems. Well, I, I think... You know, there's nothing wrong with having the kind of diversity within your offense that allows you to be either in this game. I mean, you, you, you're going to dictate with your personnel to their weakness. So if they've shown a proclivity for giving up the big play on any misdirection or reverse of field, then you're going to probably come out and do that. And you'll, you'll poke them and see, are, are you, you about that today or are you, you guys locked in? Okay, well, just checking. Just checking. Every weakness is prodded. That, that's what happens with our defense. Every team that plays us early on is like, let's see about that middle without Fabian Lovett. Let's see see if you can – are you giving us three yards of carry here, four yards of carry early? Oh, that's going to be five later. We're going to keep doing that. But if you show them, no, 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 we've got it worked out, we're, we're, we're committing to stop that, then they'll have to choose another path. And we've seen that too. We've seen teams have to do that. And the problem is they've found a way to do it. The other thing that's very difficult about breaking down Georgia Tech's year, they really have played a lot of bad football teams. They're, mm. in, the, they're in the Coastal, and they played UCF, and they played Western Carolina. Yeah. There's not a whole lot there. Ole Miss decided not to pass it. You ought to know how ridiculous – the Ole Miss game was from an effort standpoint, quitting and all those kinds of things. Ole Miss ran the ball on third and seven, third and goal from the eight, third and ten. <laughs> and that's a defense that does handle the run okay, and they're just getting whatever they want. That's why your, your guy got fired is because that that's inexcusable. Of course. Yeah, that's but quit. Other than – I mean, they didn't really want to throw the ball. They didn't want to use dart in the passing game, Ole Miss. And then you see the Duke game. It's a mirror. Now I know that Duke needed eight turnovers to get to 40 points against Miami. That loss is even more inexcusable after watching Duke and Georgia Tech start to finish. Yeah. 
That's what I do for the listeners and the viewers out there. Is I watch Duke Georgia Tech from start to finish. Yeah, better you than me. I oh, don't. God. I don't watch that game. That was well atrocious. And there's a lot of those on on Tech schedule this year where you go, "Good Christmas, this is bad football." Well, thankfully, we both feel like, and we just said it at the outset of the show here, that Florida State's going to win comfortably. So this isn't a lot about uh, you know what kinds of problems Georgia Tech can pose for Florida State. I, I just don't see it. I just don't see a path without. Florida State having to help Georgia Tech. Let's see if they're mature enough to not do that. Let's see if we're mature enough to go take care of business off a bye against a bad team that's holding on for dear life, playing out the string. Well, they did in a very similar situation against Boston College. Yeah. They came out, they came ready Overwhelmed. to play. Overwhelmed, they did. They did. Overwhelmed BC. I, I don't always agree with the idea that you got to start fast. Sometimes I think the championship rounds are indeed the later rounds. But in this particular game, it's a noon kick. I think the championship rounds are rather early. Yeah, I think you can overwhelm them early, and you can accomplish a lot of things if you do, because not only will you be in position to win a football game, it'd be nice to do that again. We've lost three straight, so let's just talk about the basics here. You'd be in a position to win a football game, uh, and then in addition... <laughs> well, and he was heartbroken. Yeah. that's okay. a, It's a 14-point game with five minutes to go for P. Simpson, who had Tech on the money line. They found a way to lose that football game. Yeah. Um. But you, you go out, you overwhelm them early, and you go on, you put yourself in a position to win a football game. But you also get guys out of there. You know, you get guys out of there if you can. That was one of the beautiful things about the Boston College game was the way that we were able to play a lot of people. You know, when you're building a program and you're building towards something, you really need those opportunities. One of the things that I, I feel like it's happened uh, a lot over the years, and it's something to commend them on. I spend a lot of time questioning his overall acumen. Uh, but Dabo Sweeney has always made a, a a point to play a ton of kids. Now, when you recruit well and you stockpile talent, it's easier to do that, especially in a conference like the ACC, which doesn't feature a juggernaut each week. But he's played a ton of kids. And so by the time those kids become starters, they really have had a lot of time on the football field. And if we're healthy and moving in the right direction and the program is moving towards uh, being elite again, then you win games like this going away and you play a lot of kids. You just do. You get those guys ready. You get them opportunities. It's so much better than it used to be where you, you had to worry about losing their shirt, their red shirt, but you don't have to worry about that anymore. When I come back, I'll give you the picks. Uh, Redemption Thursday underway. I have my picks, and uh, we dive right back in there. We, we, we remain uh, undeterred by some recent failures on a Redemption Thursday. We acknowledge them. We do not ignore them. We don't try to hide from them. But then we tackle them. And we tell the wagering gods, we're still here. I'm still standing. You haven't knocked me down. Those bets are coming up. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. RS is in the jackpot now, okay? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
Jeff Cameron Show on a Redemption Thursday. Great to be with you. Thanks for being with us. If you haven't signed up for Warchant.com, what are you waiting on? Good Lord, we told you for a long time it was just a dollar, but now it's only like 10 bucks. Am I right? 10 bucks? 10 bucks 10 through bucks. August 31st next year. Get about That's it. crazy. 10 bucks. Get your ass signed up already for $10. What are we doing? Woo! Z-Chan! I hope your practice is doing well. Many teeth are being extricated carefully or saved. Ah, great verb. Or saved. Perhaps polished. I don't know. Whatever's required. And a good day to you. We appreciate your uh, kindness. Um, Steven calls him the daily rainmaker. That's that's true. That's true. Z-Chan's my man. Not because he donates, which is awfully nice of him to do, and we do appreciate it greatly. But, uh, you know, getting to see him in person and talk to him, you see he's a good guy. He's a good guy, and he's a diehard knoll. So it's uh, it's for that reason that I like Z-Chan quite a bit. Uh, all right, the wagers are in. Let's uh, flash the graphic there. I don't see why not. My friends at Metro Deli, and I do mean my friends at Metro Deli, after you run down your picks, I've got something exciting to share about Metro Deli. Oh, they're bringing in some free food today for us? All right then, Tommy. That is good news. East Carolina getting three against BYU. Sprinkle a little pizza money on the money line, too. BYU's beat up. I think East Carolina could win the game, but I'll take the points. I need the points these days. I acknowledged before the break that my Redemption Thursday wagers have been awful. I'm having a career year the wrong way. The last three or four years, we've come out plus money. We've been in a good position. This ain't one of them. We're losing our ass this year, guys. So you take these picks and you wager them for charity. You don't have to uh, run to your local bookie or wherever it is you get down. I don't want to be responsible for you screwing it up. Because for whatever reason, this is a topsy-turvy world in college football these days, and I'm struggling with it. Some days it's like that. Some years it's like that. I don't know. I don't know. But we stay the course. We fight. And we hope we get back in the winning ways this weekend, and we start with East Carolina plus three. I like TCU to stomp West Virginia minus seven and a half. Notre Dame, I think, is going to beat the Cuse outright. I would, uh, you get better odds on the plus two and a half. I looked it up. Interesting. You think that's a look-ahead special for the Q's? No, I don't think Syracuse is very good. Okay. Uh, and I also would tell you that I think it's a low-scoring Rock'em Sock'em 20-17 final. Something like that. That sounds right. It's like a, yeah. It feels like a pick'em. Hasn't game. it been 10-10 to 10 for two quarters? Yeah. yeah. It yeah, feels it like a, doesn't yeah. it feel like a, a pick'em? Yeah. yeah. Rebecca, we know how to spell Notre Dame. It was a typo. Norte. <laughs> Dump of a town. There you go. Yeah, we weren't paying close attention to Notre Dame because we care so little about it. Dump of a town, Indiana. Yeah. Uh, you should start writing that down from now Dump on. Dump of a town? Yeah. Oklahoma minus one against Iowa State. I like OU to win the game outright. Miami minus two against Virginia. This is a good spot for Miami. Virginia's just awful. 
And because it is year one, they're going to play hard. Miami's going to continue to play hard. I don't think – I mean, listen, I they'll play hard. As long as they don't turn the ball over five times, yeah, I, I would agree with you on this. It's a good defense, but, you know, if Garcia's going to throw five picks. Well, they turned it over eight times in their last game. Eight times. Now, it is also, I might say, extremely unlucky to put the ball on the ground five times and have all five recovered by the other team. I mean, that is a – you talk about the uh, randomness of turnover luck and all that. Oof. I mean, every time we put the ball on the ground, it goes to the other team? Really? Yes. Yeah. Suck it. It does. Wake Forest minus three and a half against Louisville. Cincinnati plus two against UCF. I don't trust UCF. Navy minus 13 and a half against Temple. Michigan State plus 23 against Michigan. Ooh, all right. So they're well coached. They're not any good. But 23 points is a lot for this rivalry game. They're going to play hard. They hate Michigan. They'll be, they'll hang around. Right? I don't know. You and I will bet on the side. Put All it on right. the big board. All right. Put it on the big board. Give me Michigan State. Give me that beautiful Beautiful forest green. That's what you're betting on is the uniform. Give me that gorgeous uniform and all 23 of those points. I'll take the maize and navy. <laughs> it's not blue. Go navy. North Carolina minus – I do like navy this weekend in my personal bets. Uh, North Carolina minus three Ooh, against that, Pitt. Wait a minute. What did you say? I do like navy in my uh, – there, there's there's t- navy right there. Minus 13 and a half against Temple. You should have hit that when you saw it. You had to know navy Temple. Good Lord. Well, I was just uh, confirming some of the specials from Metro Deli that you're going to love here. Oh, well, I want to hear about them. Navy minus 13 and a half against Temple. Michigan State plus 23 against Michigan. North Carolina minus three against Pitt. And those are your Redemption Thursday wagers. We'll see. I don't know, man. You don't see why not. I don't see why not. I do feel good about those games, but I feel good every week. I feel good every weekend. It doesn't do me any good. So 20 years now, Metro Deli is celebrating in downtown Is that right? 20 years they've been there. They're doing a 20th anniversary special event. It's on Saturday, November 12th, and it's got specials, giveaways, doors open at 11 a.m. They run 11 to 4, but here's the part. Free beer while supplies last. Free beer starting at 11 a.m. on Saturday, November 12th. Celebrating a good day at the office. 20 years. It's downtown Tallahassee. Great food. Metro Deli. Good people. Well... It is, it is good food. It's really good food, and those are great people. And uh, Rob, Johnny Mack, and the rest of the crew, thank you so much. That's good stuff. We appreciate their support always. Briley, you're wrong. UVA is not going to win. Let's wager for charity, sir. Let's do that. That's why the picks are out there. Let's go. Uh, you pick the charity. You can throw it in the chat. It has to be local here. I need to be able to drop it off if I lose. Uh, and then you pick uh, whatever charity you want to give to if I beat you. Whatever one that could use the uh, non-perishable food items is what we typically donate. That's going to be the uh, the way too early storyline for next week. Is Miami's defense is pretty good. Will they turn the ball over? If they don't, could be a tougher game than what the initial odds may say. Because I agree with you. I would think they would still be invested for a rivalry kick at 730 with a first-year head coach. So, can't yeah. put the ball on the deck. Yeah. Uh, Tom writes, who would you wager in fisticuffs, Norvell or Jimbo? Jimbo's considerably older now than, uh, than Mike. Mike's in shape. Woo! Jimbo's gotten, um, into the, uh, stress eating. So I think, I think, uh, I'm going to go with Norvell here. What about the crazy factor? 
you always factor that in with Jimbo. Because I think Mike's got a little to him as well. Yeah. I used to factor it in when I thought I was going to have to beat Jimbo. Like when he would yell at me. I'd be like, I'm going to have to beat this guy's ass. This is ridiculous. And then uh, I used to think, man, you better bring it if you have to because he's nuts. He's you tiny. might have You might have to kill him. Well, yeah, that's what yeah. I meant. Like I remember if, thinking about legitimately one yeah. time when he was MFing me and we were going back and forth, and I remember thinking, if he swings on me, I'm going to have to hit him, and then this is a problem for both of us. But then secondly, he's crazy. I have to really beat him. Like he's tiny, but he's crazy. <laughs> These are the kind of silly things that that's how that's how volatile he once was. <laughs> that this you had to think this. <laughs> you had to think about what am I going to do? <laughs> never came close. Never happened. What Neither about one of us? Okay. Said. What about Jimbo? His first year or a uh, third year? You mean when he got when he got healthy? When yeah. he got strong? He was going to the might gym. Be, it might be that? advantage Jimbo there against Mike. Yeah. Jimbo uh, had to live on a farm, and he came from coal mining country. Jimbo's <laughs> kind of rugged, and he's got the crazy I, factor. I, I think Mike's had if a, he had the icy blue eyes that day, because Jimbo's eyes would change colors it's based upon really strange. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I um, I, I we'll never know. We'll never know. I I'm watching that situation closely, not for Schottenfreude, uh, but because I really wonder now. You know, I mentioned earlier in the week they've got some kids that have, have you know, you got kids that are suspended, speaking to the locker room, going to pieces right now over at Texas A and M. Yeah. Um, the punter's gone. He's like, I've seen enough. Yeah. Oh, these guys are all like, it's it's. He didn't thank Jimbo. Yeah. He's like, ah. Four years been great. I'll always be home. Have a good one. I gotta go. Peace out. This is a ne- yeah. No, so they're that's, Psalms one twelve. It's all it's all broken uh, out there at Texas A and M right now. It's pretty obvious, and you wonder. You know, I've often wondered this, and and it's it's a problem for anybody, not just Jimbo. This is a larger discussion about culture, a larger discussion about leadership, and a larger discussion about um, what you can and can't do in, in say the workplace as the leader. If you lose the locker room at any point, can you ever get it back? It is a valid question. Can you ever get it back? I would argue in college you can because they, they graduate. They, they process out. But it takes years. You've got to get the core group of bad apples or the ones who fundamentally disagree with you that you're arguing with. they got to go. And then you've got to appear before the team and say, my bad. You do. You have to own it. So yeah. there's a lot that has to happen for you to ever get it back. And it seldom happens because there are a lot of egos involved in sport in general. Well, really, in any position of power, if you're good at anything, you have an ego. But it's times 10 when you're dealing with football players and coaches because they were all former players, if you're a coach, usually. Not all, but most. So you got a little something to you. If you played college football, you got you have to have some toughness and work ethic and all that stuff to get there. And you believe in yourself. And then you got hired several times over to eventually become a head coach. Now you've made money. Your ways worked along the way. So you now, people can't say a damn thing to you. Players, obviously, have egos and believe in themselves, first and foremost. And if they think you're whack and they don't trust you, and you've broken that bond, they're not going to war for you. I, he's in trouble. Now, I'm not saying anything what people don't already know, but I'm curious to see if he tries, I don't know, is the proper way of saying this, it might behoove him to be let go. 
Well, you could take your $85 million and go to West Virginia and start over. Yeah, it might behoove Reset him. Reset the clock. I, I think the thing, if you're A&M, you have to discuss is we're going to have to pay this guy anyway. Are there any skeletons in the closet that we could fire him for cause and get off well, the hook? Well, they've got to be desperately it, looking it, for cause. If the answer is no, we're going to pay him anyway. So what's the difference between, you know, the only thing we could do to improve the program faster is to move on sooner. Because we're still on the hook for whatever the length and term of the contract is. So let's say it's $80 million right now. We're going to have to pay him $80 million today or three years from now total. Do we want him coaching and ruining the program even more for the next two or three well, seasons? Well, you have to decide how That's, broken is it. You have yeah, to decide. Yes. Well, and because the only reason you would keep him around right now, the only reason is that recruiting class, each of the last two, especially last year, which was insane. But they're those, about to age into their earning potential years. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You would keep, yeah. But also, that group, though, if you start losing those kids, like, again, there's trans, kids have hit the transfer portal now. If you're a big-time decision-maker at A&M and you're looking around over there and you think, he's not going to keep this class together. The only reason I was putting up with this nonsense of us getting our head kicked in every Saturday right, was right. because that group is going to be special. Yeah, 23 doesn't look awesome for them, but if they have a mass exodus of 2022 kids or 2021 kids, yeah, I think it's at that point that there is no that there is no point. Yeah. We're done. Well, if you... You could keep the national title trophy, though. You could take it with you. Oddly... <laughs> And the boots. Oddly, if all that stuff about them smoking weed in the locker room is real, then as a university, you sit back and watch this thing burn. You've got to you've got to hope more instances like that occur. Fights, weed, cocaine, hookers. You got to hope it all comes out in the wash so that you can fire him for cause. If you're the university athletic director or somebody that's in the uh, president's office, you call all the quality control coaches after the game's over into your office for no reason, just to allow the locker room to do what it's going to do naturally. I don't need any peacemakers in here. I don't need a peacekeeping force. Let it happen. Let it burn. Yeah, let it go. Let it all happen. Tell us how we got here, kids. On the record. <laughs> Jimbo, I got to tell you that Reveille talked to me last night. <laughs> She's none the too pleased. The fans at Texas A&M would agree that the dog talked to you. They mm -hmm. go, I, well, it, it, it does. Folks, it's time. But what about, no, Reveille said so. Oh, well, I guess it's time. Reveille cried last night. Cried. Oh, put that on the message board. In my Watch arms. Watch those people crumble. In my arms. I thought she was going to die. She was howling, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> no, no, all you'd have to do is say, just a ledge. Whisper it. Throw it out into the wind. Let it be kicked around. That he kicked the dog. I saw him with my own eyes. He kicked it. Born out of frustration. Came around the corner after another loss, by the way. And he kicked the dog. We're going to have to fire him and sue him. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Uh, All-time great album right there. That would be Matthew Ryan. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Uh, we've got some folks that are inspired. We appreciate your help. Thank you, Mark. Woo! Hoping for an inspired beatdown this weekend. Me too. I, I feel good about it, though, Mark. I really do. 
I have all week long. I did starting a week ago. The Clemson game ended. I walked in here and said, all right, screw it. It's in the rear view. Let's go. You got five games. Show and prove time. No more pussyfooting. Here we go. And from about that point on, all I thought about is this game. I mean, I've all, I mean, I hope they're that kind of focused and intense, right. too. I mean, I can't do anything about it. I could talk about it all damn day, but they got to go play it and coach it, and I'm hoping that they are ready to roll. I would assume they are. I know they've had good practices. That's the thing is, is do they take it seriously? Yeah, well, I think they do. I, I, I've never had a question about that. I really don't. I like not having to worry about that stupid stuff. No good program is ever worried about whether or not their kids are locked in and going to try hard. Now, uh, okay. but I mean, look, uh, we'll take, ta- we'll take it to varying degrees. Even good uh, programs have look-aheads, and you can yes, tell the clear. Look-aheads happen, but that—that's not this. No, that you, better we, not be this. We can't have a look-ahead. Correct. Who the hell do we think we are to be looking ahead of anybody? Well, I am. Uh, I told well, and I get that, but Sorry. I no, it's a great clip. But I would tell you that I did. I said you could look ahead the first game of the year. You didn't have to concentrate. You didn't, and I was right. But other than that. <laughs> There's not a game that you can just be like, eh. And they didn't that day. That's no. you know you're setting a bar. Oh, they were here. locked in. They yeah. were locked in. Boston College. They were locked the hell in. Um. So you know, let's let's uh, let's just see them go out and execute, play well. Play well is uh, playing well is infectious, just like playing poorly is. If you, if you begin to play well, you feed off of it, you get more confidence. It's not an accident. When you play with confidence, confidence is everything in all sports. Uh, now, obviously, you have to have the ability, but you wouldn't be here if you didn't have the ability. So, removing the given, building confidence based on performance and hard work feeds itself just continually. That's just more fuel for the fire. So, go out and play well Saturday, and then you'll probably catapult on into that next game feeling really good and confident in a game that's going to be a, a tough one. You know, I mean, the, the, the Miami will show up. I mean, for us yeah, they, they will. will. For they us will. they will. You know they will. And they got the they got the gift from the gods. Inexplicably, they were given a night game, despite doing everything in their power to ensure they would not get a night game. An ABC night game. Miami got the night game that they do not deserve. What's really interesting about that to me, and bumfuzzling on another level, is that LSU and Alabama are on ESPN that night. It's that not game. like they're on a CBS doubleheader. It's on ESPN at seven. Is there something that prohibits ABC from picking up the game at 7.30 for LSU and Alabama? Uh, it and is, putting them on cable and putting us on broadcast? It does speak to, it has to, it has to speak to the brand, to what Florida State is, and to a degree Miami. I mean, it has to, right? This was the creme de la creme of rivalries for a short period of time. Now, college football has been around a long time. And Florida State-Miami was not always a part of that. These age-old Notre Dame-Michigan games and things like that date back and have more uh, resonance, I think, with, with, with a lot of college football fans that are indifferent about the programs, for example. Oh. Ohio State-Michigan, stuff like that. Also, come to think of it, I, I don't know that currently under the contract that I've ever seen a 7.30 or 8 o'clock SEC game on ABC. So it might be, it might be restricted. And so, therefore, mm. they said, what's the next best thing? If we can't get LSU and Bama to play on broadcast television, then it would be FSU Miami. But again, I'd kick that off at noon and keep the ratings because people are going to be finding their way to ESPN first over ABC, and rightly so. Yeah, rightly so. That that has the makings of a real good game. Ron, I'll answer your question. What does Miami deserve based on their performance? 
11 a.m. on Comedy Central. That's what they deserve. 11 a.m. Nickelodeon. That's what they deserve. They shouldn't be wasting the airwaves with their presence. Maybe it's us. Maybe they're like, oh, well, Florida State seems to be turning it around. Program is popular around the country. Well, not that I care, but Herbie and Fowler did like what they saw from us when they were here a couple weeks ago. Tell you what, they both did, and Herb Street catches a lot of flack for a lot of reasons. I like Kirk Herbstreet. Uh, I've had the good fortune. You've been on the other end of the line when he's, he's called been very in. very professional and courteous, he has absolutely. always been professional and courteous when we've spoken with him. In addition, I really you don't have to agree with him, but I think he tries to be objective. I do. I think he's trying to be objective. I agree, and he was overly courteous to us when he had a potential cell phone issue. Like, he got out in front of it. It wasn't, hey, if I disconnect too bad, screw these guys in Tallahassee. He was, it was here's a- where you can find me if if I disconnect. It would be my fault, so this is what you need to do. So Yeah, he was on a bus going through the mountains to the yeah. next location for game day, yep. and yep. he ended up calling in saying, hey, if this cell is shaky, we'll try a different line. Here's what you do. I mean, that's, that's a hell of a thing. <laughs> P. Simpson says Miami deserves a whole lot of Bally sports and Tom Brenneman. Yeah, that's funny. So I just, um, I, just I, I, I think that him talking about, meaning Herb Street, talking about the offensive line and talking about the fight and the toughness, that was all, I think, a fair thing to observe for a guy that's been here and seen it at its best and worst. So, and I thought those were fair uh, attributions to say about Mike Norvell and this staff and where they're where they're headed. It does appear to be going in the right direction. It's one of the reasons we're enthusiastically waiting for this game, is that we're excited. We're excited to see him play because we think they're pretty good. And three game losing streak doesn't belie how good I think they are. I, they are better than that. They let one get away, and you can't undo it. You can't go back in time. All you can do is look ahead now and try to right. go play well, and this is that first opportunity to really do so. Yeah, I did not envision in the preseason that we would go toe-to-toe in that three-game stretch with those teams the way that we did. I thought Wake would be easier earlier on, Hartman's non-football-related issue that he had medically cleaned up and cleared up, but I thought that back-to-back on the road of NC State and home at Clemson, there were going to be sequences in which you just said, man... There's there's a lot there's a long way to go. I didn't feel that way. There's a way to go, but it's not a long way to go. That's how I felt after that three game stretch, and that's hopefully what they're using for positive momentum moving forward and, and parlaying that into proving it further. That there's a there's a C class of teams in Power Five. We are not in that class. We've gone from the D minus to the B class. That's yeah. where we need to be. Florida State, I'm going to answer this question, Tom, that we got here um, from Mark. I'm curious what your opinion is regarding the ceiling for our next recruiting class if we finish with five wins in a bowl, meaning five more wins, not one more win. Uh, All right, that is the next big question, right? It was huge for them to be able to get Hakeem Williams, who uh, will be in town this weekend and is excited to do so. There's a kid right now that seems to be all in. I know, I know, I know. None of us are ever going to trust that a kid is all in and locked in and coming here, no matter what they do, until the day it actually happens. That's the uh, the fallout from uh, what happened with Hunter. 
But Florida State is, depending on where you look, top 20, top 17. They are third in the ACC uh, in recruiting right now. Do we envision this improving greatly? Can they get? Can they crack the top 10? I think top 10 is probably stretching it. I think they'll hover around there. I think 12 is within top 12 dozen is within reach if you go 9 and th- if you don't lose between now and signing day. Well, I mean that would be amazing. And I think also you might be able to make a couple more offers, compelling offers correct. to incoming players because I would think that the budget for these unbelievably generous collectives would be a little bit more robust. I think that's true and I can tell you this, I can't get specific at a later date I will. I know for a fact that they are targeting certain players that will aid our endeavor that currently play at other universities. Well, okay, that's good because that, that's a conversation that collectives should always have. You should be always, scouting the country at always. all times. Well, and, and you're trying to reach out, and, and I think what you're doing is you're looking for good players who need a reason, which is to suggest... Maybe they got overlooked the first go-around, went away somewhere, proved themselves, and they're from the state of Florida. And what am I doing? Stuck out here in Big Ten country. Big Ten country? It's cold here. This place sucks. I'm going to narrow my search. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV.